Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Colossal Supremo. Go! Your destination for soccer talk with Emmy Award-winning play-by-play man Dan Dibley Squirt. and international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. Well, it finally came, Rick. It we came. Won. It came, and sadly it <laughs> went, which means only 37 more fixtures in the Prem. Welcome back to Golasso Supremo. Go. The season, uh, it's it's just going before our eyes. Where did the season go? <laughs> Gone in 60 seconds or in, in 90 minutes, as the case may be. Mm. One fixture down, 37 to go, and we can go through game by game all we want. We can pick and pop. We can pick and choose. Mm-hmm. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friends' nose, right. as, and, as and, you well know. Well, and also, as George Carlin said, you can uh, prick your finger, but you can't finger your... Well, yeah. you could say that on a podcast, yeah. but... You know, hickory dickory dock. And, uh, what are you, Dice? Yeah, that's a quick little Dice Clay. Yeah. You know, I did a commercial with Dice one time. Tell me, what commercial? It was uh, for BetUS.com, and this was 2001, and, but we recorded them in different places. So when it aired, it was like, hey, Rick, oh, <laughs> I want to do a bet over here. What are you looking at? I'm like, hey, Dice. That sounds great. Yeah, with the, 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 hey, back that up. Anyway, that's my dive story. That's not bad. All up right, in thanks. five minutes, I'll give you some Dennis Miller. But first, oh. we need to look back at the week that was. And before mm-hmm. we talk about your gutsy Spurs come from behind effort in front of 60 plus thousand at your brand new stadium, let's start with the game on Friday. Liverpool 4, Norwich 1. I gave it out. On 95-7, the game, Jolo and Dibs as a lock. Wow. Give the two goals. Liverpool minus two goals. Mm-hmm. They win by three. That's going to be a fun team to watch all year long. Yeah, they're, they're very good. There's no doubt. And and the people who know, I remember I picked Norwich to go down. That's not really an earth-shattering prediction. I, I hope they stay up. I kind of like the Canaries and the Delia Smith thing. But uh, a lot of promoted teams, this is what they find out the first day. Especially, you know, a lot of promoted teams, just to make it into the Premier League, they actually have to sell their players to get their ground up to speed. There aren't too many teams that get promoted and then buy people to stay in. They just don't have the resources right. yet. That check comes, like, during the season, after the window. So they can only really buy in January. So, yeah, it is a rude awakening for those promoted teams. And, of course, Norwich gets the European champions. That's not easy for anybody. No, it's a tough draw on the road at Anfield, and you get uh, Salah early, and you get an own goal. Origi able to find the net as well in the 4-1 final. Pretty one-sided, as one-sided as most would expect. And they, that, to get a goal, there's something to build on. Yeah, it's uh, something. And ultimately, when you look at goal differential at the end of it, yeah. you might look back at that one goal, which could be a difference and they, between you know going up or, or staying up or going down. And they technically got two goals. One was a yeah. known goal. But. There you go. It's a 3-2 loss, I got to tell you. <laughs> a little crew there. Yeah, totally. How do we? Let's move to Saturday. Spurs 
three, Aston Villa won. When you just look at the scoreline, you think, of course, another boring effort for Spurs. But when you watch the game, holy cow, were you guys in some trouble? Ricky T, react. This is this is. I'm doing my little story right here, and I'm going to spend a little bit early little bit, story, a little time. bit longer on this. Tottenham uh, has a situation with Christian Eriksen, unfortunately, and we know how good he is. The most assists in the last eight years, most Started goals on the outside bench. the box. He said after the season, I'd like a new challenge, unless there's nothing better. So he didn't demand it, but he kind of made it clear that he'd like to go. There were talks about Real Madrid. There's talks about Man U. I didn't think that was going to happen. And now I still think he might get sold to Atletico Madrid. We'll see. But uh, Pochettino made uh, two statements. He's like, okay, you don't want to be here. Let's just put you on the bench. And then Jan Vertonghen, he says, you're out of shape. You're not starting. He's like, I'm out of shape. So I was just sending a little message early, but Tottenham... Didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know who they were passing it to. And Debelli was playing kind of the same as Sissoko. There was no service up front. They were completely lost without Erickson. They got an early goal. My favorite, Danny Rose, my favorite in quotes, runs on, falls down on his butt right on the pitch. Guy scores. John McGinn in the ninth minute. John McGinn, a guy that Man U actually tried to sign. Villa didn't sell him. But thank goodness... They put Erickson in, and the entire game changed. It's just amazing how things like that happen. I heard yesterday they want to offer him 200,000 pounds a week, doubling his salary, make him happy, make him stay, because they know how good he is. But Jack Grealish, nonchalant in wow. front of his own box. Oh, Grealish. Nonchalant, Lamella steals it, and then Kane pounces on two. This is before when uh, Indabelli scored, but here's my little You're story. You're cool one, Mr. Grealish. <clears throat> there you go. You're a mean old... Okay. <laughs> no, we can go. But, <laughs> we can do it. That's why I wanted to lead you down that road. That ultimately, the Grealish one where he sits on top of the ball 20 yards from his own goal. It's like, dude, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it, damn you! He was too busy working on his Team America hair, I do, Gorgeous. I Gorgeous locks. Conditioner. But here's my little story. And this Hashtag is, product. <laughs> for the people, this is peeling back the curtain who think that we come to work in limousines or helicopters. So I had a shift here, 95.7. Watch your mouth. And you have to get here. I know, some bullshit. Uh, you have to get here an hour before to prep and things if you're going to do a professional job. And you and I, you know, we're professionals. So Pros, pros. Uh, I knew there was outside lands. And so I was worried about the traffic. So I knew I was probably going to miss about the last 10 minutes of the game to run to BART. So I see the end of belly goal. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try to watch the rest Which of it. Which makes on my... it 1-1 in the 73rd minute. Yes. The so... tide clearly had turned at that point, but... If you're Aston Villa, you're thinking, hold on for one if you can. They still were seeming pretty confident, even though the Tottenham had the bulk of the possession and with Erickson coming in. So I run to Bart. Um, I close my door. The train's coming. And I realize if I miss it, I'm waiting 20 minutes, right? Chick-dum. Nine car, double train, nine car. It's pretty good screech. Fifth car, Pittsburgh Bay Point train. And so... Uh, it twos me. I don't have my medicine. I need some money for my medicine. It's also a little Bart there. It's every car. It's the home of mental illness, the toilet on rails, Bay Area Rhapsod Porta Potty. So I, I, I realized my car door is shut. By the way, but go <laughs> That's ahead. right. The car door shuts on the belt. So I don't even think it's closed. And I go, dude, I'm like, ah, I'll just leave it unlocked. I'll risk it. So I run, get on the train. I'm like, okay, I'll get to work on time. No phone. So no. Normally I'd you be like, you left it here. I left it in my car. Oh, 
So I'm going snap. to work. So I didn't know on Bart who won. I had to walk all the way here. And then I turn, it, I turn on the computer. I see Harry Kane's face. And I'm like, that's probably a good sign. Yeah. No phone, no lights, no motor car, not a single luxury. That's very nice, Gilligan. Thank you. It <laughs> just job. struck me. Uh, I had a Gilligan question on Trivia Crack that I'm playing against my son. Oh, what was it? Uh, what was the name of the, the ship? Oh, that that's they, easy. Yeah, of course, yeah, okay. of course. But he just he beat me last time around, so I'm trying to write wow. the ship. My 16-year-old, nice. he woodshedded me. Uh, Harry Kane, 86th minute, a beautiful goal, and then an absolute poacher's goal. Wando smiling wherever he was when he saw that because the ball just falls to Harry Kane. 3-1 your final. All in all, Christian Eriksen, is he the key to this Tottenham team because Ndembele looked very good, Sissoko looked threatening, and Harry Kane didn't really have to do much for the first 75 minutes to have an imprint. Yeah, you got to play your striker the whole time, but you got to get him service. No one can create the flow of the game, not just create goals, but no one can be that pivot man, that engine room guy like Erickson is. And you bring up Wando, did you see he had a Belgium style miss this last no, weekend? No, sitter. Ball coming doorstep. right. Ball coming right at the doorstep. Put his foot out. He's one yard from the goal over the bar. Man, I know. What? Well, love the guy. Hey, no one has more goals in the MLS history. in the history of the MLS. That's right, going back to '96. But I just thought that looked familiar. No, it's. <laughs> I mean, deja vu. And may I interject, please? The, the, we were going to do this last week, and and I think both of us forgot just the injection of VAR. Into the prem is such a huge thing, and how is it going to affect everything? And I'm a fan oh, of getting of it right. Well, here's the thing: what is this? Of course, sassiness. Rick hates. Rick likes everything dumb. No, it's just VAR. I think <laughs> you know, and you start to look at it, and even in the games where it didn't factor in, and I know uh, Gabriel Jesus had the first ever goal disallowed. That's right for VAR. In real time, could we have not gotten that right? And we don't know. Because Probably. the officials now, we don't raise our flag anymore because we got to let it play out. And then we wait for the VAR. Finger to the ear. And then finger to the ear. And then we make the TV screen. And then we go look at it. Whatever happened to just making a call? I, I understand that too. But the, they, they, I read this study on Sky News. The leagues that had it last year were the Champions League. Well, league and the, and the Women's World Cup. The Men's World Cup, as we know, had it too. The average amount of time, and there are only four categories. One of them is for mistaken identity, which has never been used. But the only, the average time for all those three competitions was 83 seconds. MLB and NFL would kill for under a minute right. and a half. You're right. If it was an average of three minutes, four minutes, then I'd be like, you know what, Dibs, you're probably right. But this is an interesting thing I don't think a lot of people know, and that is... There are two stadia that don't have a jumbotron for the crowd to watch. And you'd think, you know. Currently in the Prem, yeah. you're saying? you think, what newly promoted team? No, no, Old Trafford and Anfield. Wow, I was going to go with Vicarage Road. <laughs> exactly. But no. They do not have the screen, so they have to be told wow. over the tannoy, or as we would say. <laughs> Thank you, the yes. PA. But I think about, this is why I'm a fan of VAR. I think about the 1991 FA Cup Final. Roger, I think about it all the time. Yes, this is Knott's Forest with a young Roy Keane and Tottenham Hotspur, and they're going to get back into Europe. The ban is over, so there's a Cup Winners' Cup to go to. And Paul Gascoigne, in the first minute of the game, has the ball in the box, and Stuart Pierce, sorry, sighs like I just did that, Mike. His shin's off. 
I mean, just no the, ball, no ball, just comes in and just kicks him right in the shins. He falls on his face. And Roger Milford was this stately old ref. It was going to be the last game of his career. And he always had a big smile on his face with a perm. Old blind spot Milford, they called him. <laughs> That's as I exactly recall. right. He came in and he did the umpire safe sign, you know, like nothing right, here right. because you don't give penalties in the first minute of the game. That was the old thing. I wish that had been true in the Champions League final this year. Wow. But I think, you know what? That's some BS. That is the ultimate penalty. And so at least it's for things like that. It's not for ticky tack. Was he safe at first on a bang bang? I'm with you. That's useless. That's not why replay was invented. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, um, you can get screwed by it. You get, I mean, there are times when you think, "Woo, we didn't get a penalty. But now maybe you did. Maybe they're looking at it at Stockley Park going, all right, let's take a look at that. Halt play. And then if you see the finger go to the ear. Right, right. And then the magic I do like angle. the fact that they are holding it to the highest possible standard of confirmation. At least that's what they're saying. Right. My problem, my greatest problem with instant replay is the way that we have corrupted it to look at every micro action in super micro slow-mo. Right. Now, if you're looking at an overhead shot when a ball's played, if a man was offside or not, if you can get a camera straight down the line and you can see that, fine. That's pretty definitive. And like you say, 83 seconds, mm -hmm. that can be solved. Mm -hmm. When we get into situations of contact and contact in the box where maybe a player shoulders a guy off the ball and it's iffy, so now we're going to go to VAR and see or... Standard yellow card foul. We had one of those over the weekend where somebody came in with a dangerous challenge. It was a yellow, but now we got a VAR to make sure it's not a red. Well, honestly, it's not close to being a red. And now you're going to look at it in super slow-mo and you're going to see that, yeah, the defender did kind of charge hard with the shoulder and he did get him up above the neck. And it looked somewhat accidental and just an aggressive play. But mm -hmm. now that we look at it slow-mo, right. now we can make our imprint on the game. No, so that, that's my big fear as we head forward, so far so good, and I think the standard they've set is, and if they hold to it, I think you're going to see very few overturns unless it is blatant. Yeah, and as I said, I'm in favor of it. I don't love it because of things like that you just said. And earlier in the Tottenham game, there was a play between Harry Winks and someone, and they said, right now they're seeing if that was a red card. Now everyone's playing, and I'm like, well, no one on the pitch, the refs aren't. And then they showed a play, and he kind of moved his hand back and just and it's like, okay, no red card. I'm like, wait, they're checking on that? So I do hear you. But right now, and being America, I reserve the right to change my mind. America. I'm, a, I'm a fan of VAR. I love it. Uh, as we go around the Prem week one, this is Golasso Supremo, Rick Tittle, good Dan Dibley. Good discussion, by the way. Yeah, it's, no, it's good. And then VAR will be a theme throughout the year. Inevitably, they're going to get one wrong mm -hmm. because nobody's perfect. Right. You know, hashtag the machines. But... At some point, we're going to have to uh, revisit this. Man City over West Ham, 5 nothing. That call had really nothing to do with it. Kind of felt like Warriors-Grizzlies in late November where Steph and Clay each go for 30 and you win 128 to 88. And just think, somebody had to tell Jesus he wasn't perfect. No, that's... Man, I'm glad you got that in there. That's... That's, that's what a, happened in that game. Although Jesus did get one. Gabriel Jesus yes. found the sheet. And uh, I had a fantasy... Premier League debate mm. at the last minute I was going to go with Raheem Sterling mm. but I thought you know what what Rick said about Sergio Aguero he's just a talisman and he finds his way onto the score sheet he did get one Raheem Sterling with three mm. as my team Nostra Diblis fell in the opener so I'm now 0-1 mm. in the fantasy Premier League Brighton over Watford 3 nothing. 
maybe the most shocking result of the weekend? They heard me pick them to go down, Brighton and Hove uh, Albion, and I, I have Bolton nothing. Board. I have nothing. That what that yeah, <laughs> what that is for me. That was just kind of a, a hunch thing, and I'm also a little bit mad at them for firing Gustavo Poyet, and this is a few years ago. So maybe it was just me kind of like thinking you deserve to go down. I don't lock my heart in the trunk all the time. So that's like with West Ham. Um, I have a friend uh, in Liverpool who was saying my predictions and I predicted West Ham and and he said, uh, oh, I don't see that. And then he immediately texts me, I think you're right about West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> After the result, I'm like, it's just one game. Don't. Yeah, and that's a tough spot <laughs> to open up against the uh, defending Premier League champions. Burnley beat Southampton 3-0. Bournemouth and Sheffield. Good opening draw for Sheffield United as they... Make it back into the Prem. Remember, I predicted the Blades to stay up. Yes, and I predicted uh, United to be one of the three Uniteds to. That's right, three go United, down. and it, as you and said, it feels that was your quite line. Good. Yeah. Now we need to get to the unpleasantness of the mm. weekend, and that's what happened at the aforementioned Old Trafford, where Manchester United took Chelsea to the bike rack after school and whoop that ass and it reminds me of my days at oak manor school where it was mm. you know 315 you had a you had a problem with somebody on the playground mm. during school it was 315 at the bike racks and once you got challenged like that you had to be there 315 at the bike racks otherwise you'd be labeled in a way that you didn't want to be labeled Chelsea was forced to meet Man U I'm sorry Rick <laughs> that's right at the bike rack <laughs> and Chelsea got a fistful of Dollars. red, yes. <laughs> Shout out Clint Eastwood. Good Lord, Chelsea. And I am now regretting putting them in my final four. Well, Please. as you said. Shout I mean, out Bike Racks. Um, Gary Lineker said it was the finest performance Man United has had since they had Mourinho. But here's the thing. There's a huge uh, push from the United fans to get rid of the... Uh, the president of the team because they said he didn't buy anyone and it's like look at this look at look what spurs are doing look at you know this team look at that team I'm like you broke the all-time transfer record on harry Maguire. maybe he's worth it he's maybe he's not so you can't say he's not doing anything there but they're really mad they're not in the champions league this is the same group that when the glazers came in and it was u.s ownership they decided we're going to go back to being newton heath our original name we're going to wear green and gold so that came back wow. again green and gold until it's sold all these hashtags for Man U. And I was like, these people who hate on Man U, you're missing out on a lot of fun with your favorite team because they do win stuff and they have a lot of great players. Right, and that to me <laughs> is ultimately the biggest thing. If I was a Manchester United supporter, I'd be excited about it, is even though you didn't add any of the top strikers in the game, you've got three bright young stars and Anthony Martial mm -hmm. who is now coming into his own as a legitimate number nine I know he took uh, Romelu Lukaku's number big Rom who went to Inter Milan mm -hmm. number nine was available and he stepped right into it as he should right. Marcus Rashford still is the fastest man this sign of Usain Bolt on a soccer pitch and oh by the way Jesse Lingard is solid and then you go back one click to still one of the most enigmatic talented players in the world in Paul Pogba if Maguire can be as good a defender as they expect him to be, you still have one of the three best goalies in the world. So, man, you, if you can hold it together, you might have something there. You definitely could. And, and that's a key, too, is not selling Poba yet. And yet. that's the thing. I mean, as I said, as much as I love that England moved away from the European deadline now, so they get it done before the season starts, they can't buy, but they can still sell to Europe, which is upsetting. And they got to wait 
couple more weeks for that to get over. And then there's the January transfer window as well. So mm-hmm. if a team like Manchester United is not trending toward top four, you might be more of a sell mode. But then again, if Man U plays like they did in the opener, rocking Chelsea 4-0, if you find yourself in that Champions League window, can you really afford to sell pieces at the deadline? I remember last week we were talking about Pulisic. And of course, Chelsea can't buy in January as well. They're still right. banned about what his role would be. And and it's funny because I went on the air later that day and people were hitting me on the text line like, yeah, Pulisic didn't look good. I'm like, look, he was a sub. You know, they're going to work him in slowly. We were talking about, you know, maybe taking the Hazard role at some point. They're going to work him in slowly. They don't want to throw him in. I mean, obviously he's an asset and they're going to play him. But it's one game. I don't expect, neither do you. We didn't pick Man United in our top four. Did you? We did, neither of us had Chelsea in the top four, too. No, I did by. Uh, oh, you had him at by four. By hooker, by crook. That's right. Yeah, okay. I tried to cram him in there. I was a little bit upset at you taking. Tottenham oh, that's right. You the switched whole thing. during yeah, the I show. I went late flip. <laughs> I'd like to have that back, but there's no mulligans in golf, and there's no mulligans in Galasso Supremo. There you go. You put your name on it, and you, and you and you deal with it. You do, and then put a ring on it. <laughs> if I liked it, I would have put a ring on it, but turns out I didn't. I guess not. Galasso Supremo, Rick Tittle, and mm-hmm. Dan Dibley here as we. Get you also ready for week two in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. As 38 fixtures go, we've got one down, 37 to go. And you take a look at the slate and kind of a mixed bag, really. None of the real titans matching up until you get to the marquee spot on Saturday. Well, looky, looky, looky here at the Etihad, 9.30 local time. You're defending champion Manchester City citizens against Tottenham Hotspur the Spurs, Ricky T, you got to feel good about your team's chances in this massive spot. Once again, that means I'll miss the last 10 minutes again of the game on Sunday. Because but, you've got radio uh, duties. That's right. Radio. Could you come here and watch the whole thing? I could come here and watch the whole thing, but I have to get, stay on the toilet for my regular duties. Oh, how about that? You know. <laughs> but this is the other thing, too. One of his three subs. Um, I was talking to some fellow Tottenham fans, and we kind of agree, like, let's just get this over with now. It always seems like this game's at the end of the year. Sonny still, because of the straight red, for violent conduct, that's a three-game ban. And what he did was he pushed a guy second-to-last game of the season. So he missed the finale at, against Everton. He missed last week. He's going to miss this week. Let's just get this one out of the way right now so it doesn't – you know, I, I'd love a draw, to tell you the truth. I'd be I'd be happy with a draw. I wouldn't be ecstatic. I'd be ecstatic with a win, but I'll be happy with a draw. But this one – these are the kind of games that loom large. So – I'm just taking, I know it sounds defeatist, but let's just try and get a draw and get this over with. What do you do about Jan Vertonghen? Is is this a situation where you you put aside your differences and you realize, look, you've got to have your two big guys back there in the middle? Because to me, as much as Tottenham is about Erickson's creativity with both feet and Harry Kane's talisman-like ability to find the back of the net, for me, it all goes through that triangle at the back, Alderweireld. Vertonghen, and of course, Hugo Lloris. No, and you're right. I love those guys. And I mean, Danny Rose can do Danny Rose things, and it's usually okay. <laughs> well, I love Davinson Sanchez, and, and he filled in, and he did an amazing job. He almost scored twice in that game, actually. But uh, you never know with a manager with Pochettino, because last year, the first half of the season, it was Toby. And Toby has an, had an amazing attitude through the whole thing but like why aren't you playing a guy who's a world cup star and Vertonghen is also a world cup star for Belgium so it could have just been this week but luckily they have a guy in Davinson who's an amazing talent as well 
I kind of like it when they go three at the back because then you have Sanchez, Vertonghen, and Alderweireld, and then you can just go with wing backs. They don't have as much defensive responsibility. Harry Kane, by the way, sat in that defensive role. Tottenham not only missing uh, Sonny, but missing Deli Ali as well, who would have been in the side. And so, but whatever, there's no sympathy for you. You got to get on with it, and they got the three points. Yeah, especially when you can come with such quality as Sissoko off the bench and Winks played well. And when Christian Eriksen came in there, it, it definitely did change the fortunes quite a bit. Again, that's 9.30 Saturday morning, mm-hmm. premier match day number two. Liverpool is out Southampton, so that should be an interesting fixture. Norwich and Newcastle, Everton hosting Watford, Brighton, top of the table-ish. I mean, goal differential notwithstanding. Sure. They are uh, hosting West Ham, Arsenal, and Burnley. And then on Sunday... Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, and then Chelsea looking to right the ship at home against Leicester City. Is that Monday Night Football or is that... That's Sunday. The Monday Night game is uh, Wolves hosting Manchester United, which is an interesting spot because Wolves had such a great year last year, Mm -hmm. particularly at home, and to have Man U come in this early in the season in their home opener, they've got to be pretty revved up. Wolves were the first promoted team in the last like eight years to, to beat Tottenham last year. They're nothing to sneeze at. Let's sneeze at them together. You ready? Ah-choo! I mean, wow, geez. (coughs) Exactly. That's the start of the pod. If uh, we ever do the outtakes, it's a bunch of coughs, sneezes, and wheezes. Uh, We've talked a lot about the Prem. Let's turn our attention to the U.S. women's national team. I understand that you spoke to one of our heroes recently, and there's also some women's team news that's related yeah just had crystal done uh, today on my syndicated show and she's amazing and uh you know it just kind of brought back the the memories of that team and and uh it was ju- it's just cool for the first time in our lives to have a soccer team that's the best because you know our men's team bless their hearts uh well not bless their hearts this last world cup cycle but you know they're not there uh, just yet, but yeah, there was a shakeup at USA Soccer, and and I and honestly, I don't really know a lot of the ramifications about Ernie Stewart because I know Carlos Cordero runs it, a guy who once again admitted he never saw a soccer game until he was fifty. But Ernie Stewart, we love Ernie. He was the GM, but now he moves up. Yeah, he's been promoted to the new role of U.S. <clears throat> Soccer Sporting Director, and in his stead will be Kate Markgraf, former U.S. Women's mm-hmm. National Team. Members, she will take over the role of general manager, GM of the U.S. women's team. And, excuse me, her number one job, finding a replacement for Jill Ellis. Is this a situation where Jill's job is somewhat plug and play when you've got this much talent? Or is there a particular individual that you got to tab in order to keep this thing rolling? I think, as always, I mean, you can find a way to screw up teams with great talent. We've seen it before. You have to have someone. I remember uh, Hope Solo said, Jill Ellis panics when the chips are on the line. Well, two World Cups, two wins. I got no problem with Jill Ellis over in this corner in America. Um, I am not familiar with her staff, whether it's going to be somebody promoted within. I have a feeling because the Ellis thing works so well, they're not going to go to a foreign coach. They're going to keep it here. And I don't think they're going to go back to a Tony DeChico, Anson Dorrance type of man coach. I think it's going to be an American woman. I don't know who that is, though. It's interesting because as you see the the coaching carousel turn, their former coach has gone on to coach another women's national team, if I'm not Sweden, mistaken. right? Yeah. Yeah, her so, native Sweden. Right. Mm-hmm. Kate Markgraf, uh, 201 appearances for the U.S. during a playing career that spanned... 
12 years. She, of course, a member of the 1999 World Cup team, one of the most famous moments in U.S. sports history, certainly the most iconic, maybe the most iconic moment in U.S. women's sports history, if you think about it. Brandy Chastain at the Pasadena Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, the sports bra, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it lives. I mean, that that team really, that was the the 91 team in China. I remember I was working at Sports Channel. We showed all those games. There wasn't a lot of parody back then. That was the Michelle Akers thing. But Michelle still, Akers. Michelle Akers stalled and back to Michelle Akers. She was someone who played in tremendous pain. She's kind of like a Sandy Koufax, like just went out there and, or Steve McNair. The guy's always in pain, plus his rest of his soul. But the 99 team, yeah, that really, that was the Mia Hamm team and all the greats from that team and the, the Foudies of the world. And Could you else. see Brandy Chastain, for example, getting this job at the, as the uh, U.S. women's coach? Would she be the most qualified of the 99 alums? I, I don't think she's been in that type of setup. I've interviewed her many times. I don't think she's uh, coaching with the national team. I mean, they could pull a guy out of the blue like the, the men did with Burhalter with you know, which I don't hate Burhalter, but I, I don't even know if I'd let him be my water boy with his experience. So fingers crossed on him. I think it's going to be someone who's highly accomplished um, at the collegiate level or someone who is already part of the setup that they know well. It's or maybe a, the, the youth coach, you know what I mean, as, as you move up through the system. Right. It's interesting because we talked about, you know, just how important that person is and might somebody like Brandy Chastain or... Mia Hamm, if interested, Julie Foudy, someone who's been around the game, might they be able to step in and just be that leader mm-hmm. with the staff? I mean, no one person does any of this alone. So maybe a, a figurehead person, a symbolic person, someone who can represent the brand, maybe that turns out to be the hire. Maybe it is. We haven't had that person yet. And by the way, her name just came back to me, Pia Sundhage. Thank that you. was the Swedish coach. Um, if I would have had it, I would have given it to you. No, we, was... we both didn't have it there. I had to rack my head. Uh, but the um, I, I don't I don't see unless there's someone on the staff who's a big name. I mean, all the women you were just mentioning are more like broadcasters now, right? Um, I know that Chastain does coach a little bit, but I think it's you know uh, on the uh, youth. Not that I'm going to say youth level. I, I'd have to get it straight on what Brandy's doing these days. I forgot what it was. She's involved in something. But they're so good that their team is their brand. Like, they don't need kind of a figurehead. They just need a good coach to just, as you said, just keep the train rolling down the track. Uh, one quick postscript as I do my Bryant Gumble for you here okay. uh, on Real Sports with Rick Tittle. It's actually Golasso Supremo, Rick Tittle, <laughs> and Dan Dibley. San Jose Earthquakes, Rick. When we started talking about them back in March, we had Chris Wondolowski on preseason, and he was quietly hopeful that they would be better. You take a look at what they've done. Fourth in the West, Rick, this team's on fire. That coach, man, he's a fiery SOB, Matias Lameda. And you think about his days with the World Cup with Argentina. And I was kind of wondering, like, as as the season was beginning and they were playing well and you look at him in the sideline, I didn't really get a good read on him. And I know how good he was with Chivas and everything. But I'm like, is he going to blow up on the team or is he going to just, you know, be a bochi and say, hey, we're fine. We're going to be all right. And I don't know what happens behind the scenes, but whatever he's done, I mean, I give him a lot of credit because honestly, I don't think the Quakes are loaded with talent. So right. They're playing as a team. You know, I mean, look at the St. Louis Blues. Name me big stars on that team. You know, a, a couple, Tarasenko, eh, a couple. But I mean, there's no huge star. 
uh, Greece with Otto Rehago wins the European Championships. Every game they won yeah, was one nothing. You got me now. I had you with the St. Louis Blues, <laughs> but you went to Graham Rehagel. Otto Rehagel. Oh, Otto Rehagel. I was every game about his brother Graham. <laughs> every game they won was one nothing, and they beat Portugal for the European Champions. So you can you can get a team like that without a lot of stars. But yeah, the Quakes right now, uh, very fun. Although they they lost, but yeah, Colorado right. got them. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, yeah. I think Colorado had uh, Otto Rehagen. Otto Rehagel? Yeah. Great coach. I had a bad case of Otto Rehagel <laughs> back in uh, 91. But Did you? That's probably one for another day. I remember one time um, I had a rash and they said it was uh, Hoculi. So uh, they said wear tight shirts and get rid of it. You called it Ed? <laughs> Next did. thing you know, you're calling holding. Oh, <laughs> uh, we go around the horn here in Glasses Supremo. This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.